0: Hi listeners, a warm welcome to today's episode of Nordic Leaders Podcast, where we have conversations that matter with remarkable speakers from the Nordics. I'm Stefano Musconi, and today we have on our show Raghunath He He's an international leader and has worked in many countries before settling in Finland around 10 years ago. In the past, he has held leadership positions in Microsoft, Tieto, and recently he joined IQM Quantum Computers, a company building quantum computers. In this episode, we explore the role of humbleness in leadership, how we can encourage more diversity in our work environment, what will happen when AI will enter the leadership world. And finally, Ragu gives few very interesting tips about personal branding. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed talking to Ragu.
1: Welcome to the podcast today. I am delighted to have once again hosting with us today Stefano Mosconi. Hello David, hello David. Buongiorno, and then we have over in the other corner, in the green room, we have Nick Vertigan.
2: <laughs> buongiorno, buongiorno. So well,
1: now we are all talking
2: it. Italian, apparently. Si, si.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a short conversation. Let, but also we have, welcome to our fantastic guest this morning. And um, I've been trying and practicing this. Let's see how it goes. Ragunath Kodjivea.
3: Well, almost there, David. Well done. Almost, almost. <laughs> what, what, what would take me all the way there? Koduvayur. Koduvayur. Yeah, you are there. <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> not bad, I did mean, Excellent. Bad. And if I may call you Raghu. Yes, please. <laughs> Just for to save our listeners' ears. So, Raghu, last time we met, you described yourself as a people leader, marketer, technology enthusiast, and entrepreneur. What description would you give us today?
3: Nah, that's still me. I have not changed, basically. So I have not upgraded myself. Now, those are the same, but I think I have become wiser and smarter in each of those categories since we last (laughs) met. Wow.
1: Just to to catch up on a thought that we we explored with you in the Nordic Leadership Network a couple couple of years back. I remember that you said then that Finland's best kept secret is, is its leadership and the need is for leadership migration in two ways, in and out, I think, of lead, Finnish leaderships getting experience outside of the Nordic area and more leaders coming into the Nordic area. And your question then was, are we ready
3: for the next wave? How, how do you see it today? I would start with the recent message from President Ninisso at the United Nations. Not sure if uh, the listeners have listened in, otherwise it will be the best 10 minutes that you spend in listening in. And this message shows what Finland has to offer to the world. It was humble. It was human. It was futuristic. It was a war cry where ninisto put the limelight and spotlight onto the world that we live in right now. COVID is a classic example where every nation has gone back into their own cocoon, have become more protective about their own interest, while what was needed was a global effort, a united effort to stop and fight this pandemic. So that's where I go back and I still believe that Finland leadership is one of the best kept secrets. And also Finland also needs external leaders leaders from outside of Finland into Finland to build companies. So I will put this into different phases. The first one I would say is, yes, we do see some change, some progress in Finland, especially from leaders coming in into Finland. And also few Finnish leaders are going out, I think far lesser than what I would have personally preferred. But then I do see progress. And one thing which I would want to remind everyone who's listening in is that this is a marathon. It's not just for Finland, it's for the Nordics. It is a marathon that we are running and we need to continuously run. So we have reached one milestone, but then we still need to keep going because we have not reached the finish line. Maybe there is never a finish line, but then we are still running that race. But what I see definitely in the global setup is a lot more Finnish companies, product companies taking on leadership position or even service companies taking on leadership position. Quite a few examples, which I can already think of, Aura, Smartly, IQM, ISI, which is into space technology, Vario, which is into AIR and the VR, Supercell into gaming. Finland education system has been gaining further momentum. So there is a lot that we can be proud of, that there are those mm. leadership positions which we are seeing in the business in a global scale, but there's a lot more to be done on the people leadership side from Finland to the world.
1: Well, thank you for pointing us towards that reference from the Ninistos, President Ninisto's speech to the UN. I think that we can put the link to that in the in the comments for our listeners. You mentioned humbleness as one of the qualities there and uh humbleness, humility is often seen as a, a Finnish leadership characteristic, it's a stereotype, but it's often mentioned. Do you think is humbleness really a prized leadership quality in
3: in the on the world stage today? Ah, uh, it's a leadership currency that we miss right now today. Like mm-hmm. in the kind of geopolitical scenario we live in. And not just in one particular nation. Now we can look from east to west. Everywhere I think humbleness has been lost somewhere. The people leadership aspect has been lost. It has become political leadership. Earlier it never used to be. Even when I was growing up, I've never seen a political landscape where people leadership was missed. There are certain good leaders. I'm not saying that not everyone is like that. But then I think even with the media, with the social media, because that's what controversies sell controversies fly beyond boundaries and we see that that's being more flagged and then it's not good for our future generations. it's not good for the two boys that we have at our home our kids i'm scared of the future but i do believe that these kind of discussions that we are having and there is more that's happening around the world i think we will fight it out and we will come out as winners
0: i think here ragu makes a great point that more and more one quality that we should see in leaders around the world is humbleness. The world has become so complex and uncertain that if only leaders would sometimes be a bit more humble, the positive effects would be dramatic.
1: Stefano, how about you? What kind of things would you like to pursue with RAGU today out of all of that uh, very wide menu of, of yeah, topics that we a lot could of stuff. jump on?
0: I heard a couple of things, and I would like to connect two topics, like bridging two topics. One, always about diversity. Uh, there has been quite a like l- lively de- debate in the Finnish society, in the Finnish media, about the English language in usage in companies lately. You know, there there is a camp that says that it's it's the best thing ever. A camp that says that uh, we should ban it. Uh, of course, there are many things in in between, but. How, how do you see that specific need right now if we try to connect the, the things you said before?
3: Again, as a foreigner, as an expat in Finland, right, I do have an opinion on this. I don't. I do understand Finnish a bit, but then I'm not comfortable working in an environment which will be Finnish. So if you put me into an environment where I'll only be working with Finnish colleagues in Finnish language, then I don't think I'll survive even a day. But we should also be respectful. Like we live in a Finnish society where Finnish language will always exist. We will play a prominent part. And this is the case in every other other country. But I think the conversation is important. But we cannot get frustrated about it saying that English language needs to be adopted everywhere. It will not happen in the short term because you need to also understand Finland's business environment. Finland caters to most of the public. sector. It's more with service industry. So most of the businesses are services industries which are catering to either Finland, Swedish market, or maybe to Germany market. So with these kind of markets, the local language becomes extremely important because you don't have the luxury of hiring two translators or three translators to do the work bridging the gap between English speakers and the local speakers. But having said that, there is a need for more innovation and more product companies in Finland, which can go beyond Europe. And that is where most of the discussions should happen. That is the first thing. And the second one, which I would say is most of the Finnish companies have public sector as one of their biggest customers. So maybe there is a need for us to champion the cause that English can become a third official working language along with uh, Finnish and Swedish. If we can bring that change into the public sector, into the governments working, then you will see a lot more openness to English speaking talent. But sure. I do believe that English speaking talent or diversity in the talent, not just in gender, but across other types of diversity will only help with innovation, will only accelerate the ambition level because an expat who lives in Finland, as an example, will much be much more ambitious, will be much more desperate to succeed and which will show up in also business results.
0: Absolutely. At least my experience is that as, as an expat, I cannot just afford to be on average I need to be better because i I already start from a position of disadvantage because I don't speak very well Finnish. I, I also would like to to take the point of view of the employee seeker because i I also hire people at Elisa at, at my company, and especially in in the tech sector, there is a huge potential to attract great talent if you just change the language of the of the job ad and and the job requirement and mostly in the tech sector, unless you are going to sort of rent the workforce for projects which uh, are done for the public sector, you have the luxury of having English as a language, which is what what we have now in my unit inside ELISA. So I I think that there is also uh, one... Another opportunity we can explore and can be explored in this debate is to create this sort of bubbles inside the companies where the language, official language, is is English alongside Finnish and Swedish. Then connecting to another comment you made before, Ragu. So you said that, Right now, the political debate has been drifting into, into a very dangerous territory, essentially. And controversy is selling. And And we had just a couple of weeks ago with us, Jarno Koponen, which is the head of head of AI at, at YLE, and where we explored a lot this easiness of sharing and spreading misinformation or false information through the use of AI. What, what is the responsibility that we as, as leaders, when... AI will come into the leadership. I think
3: AI will come into leadership at some point, has to. And we already see that at Teatro, even at the last time when we met, we were already piloting uh, a leadership AI in the company at the top uh, level of leadership. But it is still a few years away. And I think I'll put it into two things. Our role as leaders needs to be to champion the cause of ethics, because AI ethics and the AI guidelines are still in very, very early stage where the conversation has not even started and there are no European level frameworks on what is AI ethical guidelines? What does it mean in people management? What does it mean in people decisions? Because we are still talking about AI and maybe healthcare, AI and maybe education. So that needs to be happened. And I think there there is a big potential for all of us to play a role where we start building those guidelines. How should it be? How should the policy framework be? So that is something that we need to look at because we will be making decisions which will impact real people. So how we, do we ensure that AI stays true to the people values? And that is something that's in conversation, which we can champion. But I also see with the recent pandemic, that maybe it might have pushed the AI slightly further away because real leaders, it's, we have started noticing real leaders who have still managed to keep their team together in this virtual environment. So I would say that maybe this COVID situation has helped in real leadership where we believe that uh, AI might not take over it in a shorter term. But then maybe it also highlights a point that a lot of middle management who thought that they were leaders, they they are being found wanting because they were just doing management. And which maybe in the remote setup, we noticed that maybe we don't need that many managers to manage. Maybe there are a lot of things that can be automated. I don't have a direct answer. I'm not an expert in this. But I do feel that there is a need for AI in leadership. There's a need for all of us to be grounded in a way that AI can keep us and give us the context of decision-making when we run from meetings to meetings, to give a context of how we have made the leadership decisions, what has been the macroeconomic situation, what has been the micro, the company situation, and then help us make those decisions. But it will never replace it. That's what I'm even more confident now after the pandemic.
0: A great point here, that AI will never supplant real leaders. It definitely will help making decisions but we still need real leaders to carry forward people. And another great insight is that in those situations where we have only managers that are maybe only simply forwarding information from one place to the other, he actually sees AI playing a bigger role in automating in those situations. Thanks, Thanks would great comment there. So AI will never replace the need of real people. <laughs>
3: We also need to invest. Maybe as business leaders, one more thing which I think of, and especially as a marketeer, is that we will need to find invest into services which detect these fake news and these uh, spread of fake news. I do know a lot of startups who are working on it, who are doing a good job, but there is a lot more work that needs to be done, even as business leaders. Soon, you will have someone who's an information officer or some leadership position whose only task will be to plug out and then find, identify these fake news about the brand and then try to be part of that conversation and then steer it in the right direction. Thanks, Michael. Nick, what, what have you heard?
2: Yeah, Oh, loads of things, loads of things. I love the idea that um, yeah. average, average managers have been found out during, uh, during COVID where yeah. leadership has really been um, such an important thing to give people direction and hope and communicate and, and deliver trust from a distance. That's that's fantastic. So, Ragu, how how has your leadership style flexed? Or how has it become more I don't know, how has it become more developed within you? This? I think a
3: lot of things. One is I've had a lot of time to reflect. That is something that I now identify or I do know my strengths and weaknesses a lot more. I've had time to pause, which is not a luxury that you have when you're working like 9, 10, 12 hours every day. So this COVID has given me that time, has helped me, given me time to reconnect with family Mm -hmm. more, like spend time with the boys and then get to the people side of it. Now I actually know a lot more my colleagues' families, my team members' families, because they are visible in the video calls. They've been around with the kids. So the human Mm -hmm. side has been something that I've seen myself grow quite a lot. Second one I've seen is, again, the thing which is more important is on the values side. What do we really value as leaders? What kind of an organization do I want to be part of? Mm-hmm. What kind of an organization do I want to build? What kind of a future do I want to leave behind for my kids? So those are questions. It has made me introspect quite a lot. So I would say people leadership uh, in terms of being very human, the Finnish values that which we started off with or the Nordic value. I think I've seen it even more mm-hmm. ingrained in me now than before.
2: Wonderful, wonderful. So uh, time to reflect and pause, spend time with people, family. I think that's, that's the, the answer to the AI question in a sense in a very basic way is you know AI plus, plus human equals kind of future success. So it's a collaboration. So Rago, another thing that we wanted to talk to you about today while we have you here, is this idea of personal branding. Maybe the last, your last answer is maybe a, a bridge to that. What what can you tell us about personal branding in October 2020?
3: <laughs> it is the latest buzzword, isn't it? Personal branding. Everyone is starting about it. And somehow we have mm-hmm. made it into a brand. A brand is something that you build over a period of time. It's not something that you run as a launch campaign. But somehow it's been taken off context and people have started Mm. believing that few social media posts or being present on few channels or maybe presenting in few events makes a personal brand. And that I think is a wrong strategy because those are just activities, those are just tasks. It is like running a digital marketing campaign for a company or a TV ad for a company. It might last for some time, people might be excited about it but then if you're not disciplined, if you're not consistent enough, then you will not build a brand, you'll just have a campaign and that's also the same analogy which I'll bring back to personal brand. So even before we talk about personal branding, I would say is, who are you? Like, I think that's the first question which we need to start with, right? Who am I? Mm-hmm. What are my values? What, what will the world miss if I disappear? And what, I, what are the things that I add to the company or what, do I, mm-hmm. what are the things that I add to the entire society? What are the new things that I bring on to the society? So those are deep questions, I know it's not easy, but it is something that needs to be reflected before we start working on personal branding. Mm -hmm. So activities on social media is just a byproduct, is just an output, but then who are you? What inspires you? Who inspires Mm. you? What are your values? These are the important things. And then also on the functional side. So what are the topics where you do believe that you can add value? And by adding value, it need not necessarily be a thought leader. Because again, thought leadership is not copy pasting someone else's work. Thought leadership is to have a vision and have an opinion on something where a certain area is going to progress in personal branding. You need to be a student who asks questions. You need to be a student who just shares information because you're connecting people, Mm -hmm. becoming a network. And then there are times when you also share an opinion. And we need to start from the basic, again, the question, why, what am I, who am I? And then what are my values?
0: So, a great insight from Ragu. Personal branding starts with a question. Who am I? And what are my values? It's not who do I want to be or who do I need to be, but who am I? That's the important question because a brand is something that you build over a period of time. You can't fake it. And you need to be consistent. And the best way to be consistent is to be yourself.
2: Mm. Lovely, and there's some lovely questions there, Raghu. So thank you for that. Questions like "Who are you?" Yeah. and "What would the world miss yeah. if I disappeared?" These are really important questions for all of us to to ask. And this idea of you know thought leadership and being the humble student. Who is somebody that you think is doing this well, Raghu, right now? Who who is a kind of who is well branded?
3: Satya Nadella. Like if you're looking at personal branding. Not that he needs to brand himself, but then if you think of uh, the values that you associate with Satya Nadella, right, is a humble, empathetic leadership. Those are immediate values, visionary. Those are things that come out. He speaks about cricket as much as he talks about leadership and technology. He's using yeah, AI. He's, he's and then... a good guy
1: for that, definitely. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so now in this case, we can always claim that he is not putting in the effort to do the personal branding himself. But he is a classic example of a personal brand that is exceptionally successful, where you can immediately know what are the values that that person or that personal brand stands for. And that is where we should aspire to be there. I think Jeff Bezos is again another example at the same level, I would say, where he's again good. He again has a good perspective, good vision. And then you can associate himself with bold, being innovative, taking risks. And those are things which you immediately associate. And Amazon is, again, a reflection of Jeff Bezos. So you can see that that's how he has built his company Mm. and which is a natural uh, translation of or transfer of values. And maybe Stefano is doing a good job, too. We already know that you're above average. (laughs) Thank you. Satya Nadella is also a
1: champion of coaching across the organization. So Mm. that's that's a great mention.
3: And um, I, if I can add, yep. sorry, David, Satya Nadella is also a fantastic example of diversity and inclusion. He has opened up, he has become vulnerable, or in that sense, he has opened up and shared his story of his personal story. And then he has also shared and made Microsoft what it is right now. In the last four, five years, if you look at the transformation that Microsoft has gone through on empathy, on uh, diversity, on diversity on innovation, on collaboration, on joining hands with all the other large players to make the future a better future. I think those are things that he has personally brought in. He has championed it. And those are values that, when I speak to business leaders around and I I talk to them about this kind of like value-led leadership and then speak about Satya Nadella and how he has transformed Microsoft, everyone consistently says this. And that for me means that the personal brand has been, and the personal branding has been successful.
0: How is Pat Nadella the cricket player, by the way?
3: I have no idea, but he's from India, so I'm assuming that he's above average.
2: I just wanted to ask, Raghu, one more question about this, this idea of you know, personal branding is kind of being consistent versus the one-off campaign. I'm just wondering, Raghu, if you can give us and our listeners, what would, what, would, um, what would a tip be to start becoming more consistent with that personal branding focus?
3: I would say the first tip that has worked, at least for me, and I don't claim to be an expert at it at all, but what stays true to me is, one, don't treat it as an activity. Personal branding is just a natural extension of who you are, be who you are, be natural. Like for me, I know what my values are and I only try to be consistent to it. I don't claim to be an expert in anything. And that's what I try to also portray. And that's why I also receive a lot of queries, a lot of requests, On different topics, which I am passionate about. So what I would say is, again, don't treat it as a task. Don't treat personal branding as a task. It is who you are. Once you uh, understand that part, which is a deeper sense, then the second thing is, how will you go about it? Then the discipline comes in in terms of time that you put in. And then the third thing is about content creation. You might not be good at content creating. You don't need to create uh, large posts and other stuff, videos and other stuff but then about sharing your thoughts on it. So that's where you need to start. You can be a student who wants to start on this journey about personal branding, but then it can it's okay. You can say that as a student, these are the challenges that I face. That is something that you can talk about. And that is your personal brand because that is who you are at this point in time. And the next thing I would say is it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to talk about weaknesses. It's okay to say that I don't know because somehow we have gone into this thin line, we are across the thin line where we believe that personal branding is being an expert at everything. It is not. Personal branding Mm. is who you are and we don't know a lot of things. We don't have answers to everything. And it is okay to even come onto a public forum and say that I don't know, can you help me with this? And once we start opening up, then people will start seeing the human side of it and your personal brand will be authentic. And once it is authentic, it will live for a long period of time.
0: There's a great gem here. It's a playbook for personal branding. First, be yourself. Second, don't treat it as a task. Be disciplined. Personal branding is an activity. Third, continuously create content that is in line with who you are. And last, it's okay to be vulnerable. Also, not knowing can be part of your personal brand.
2: What a great answer. Thank you so much
3: having listened to your podcast and also congratulations on the thousand listeners is that I would say that it is about connecting Thank people you. and uh, championing the cause of leadership. That's where I see the different topics that you guys have brought in even during the COVID times. It's fantastic, right? From the How Violence podcast to the AI, you're brought in diversity. you have shown the entrepreneurs, Maya as a HR leader. I think this is where you're championing the cause of uh, leadership and you're bringing in people. So I would say for me, your personal brand as a podcast is you are bringing communities and people together as a strong network.
1: Bragu, thank you for a really wide-ranging conversation. We've covered lots and lots of different topics. Last time we met, you said leadership is a continuous journey of learning, discovering strengths and building on them. What have you learned today in your time with us?
3: I've learned that there are three people who are interested in my story and then they believe that it can be showcased to the world that in itself means as a personal brand i'm doing something right and as a leader i'm doing something right and if even one person can take one takeaway from this podcast i'll feel that today my life has been well spent or this thank hour you. has been well spent so thank you david <laughs> and then, thank you Stefano thank you nick for having me here
2: thank you wonderful thank pleasure you. thank you for giving up your time today bagu
3: thanks a lot and then stay safe and then we'll be in touch thank you
0: hey listener it's Stefano here since you got until here we think that you might like the podcast it would mean so much if you could leave us a five-star review and share this with as many of your friends as possible this will help us be discovered and spread the news can you just take five minutes and do that for us Thank you.